Diary of Faith. Faith plays no favorites. It could happen to you. Book 83, page 227. In the Diary of Faith. Yes, here it is. The name Edward Matthews. Occupation, farmer. A universally respected endeavor, but frustrating to you, Edward, because it entailed hard work and no prospect of immediate wealth. You sold your farm, and with your wife Ida, left for the city where you thought a man with money in his pockets could not fail. But again, you failed. Soon your money was gone, and you were faced with a decision, and you chose for evil. And then I, fate intervened with little things, a broken bottle lying in the rut of a country road, a forgotten automobile jack, a flat tire. Yes, they changed the whole course of your life. And now, Edward Matthews, because of those little things, your life will soon be destroyed. Soon it will be time for the final entry under the name Edward Matthews. When I have written, I will read from his record in The Diary of Fate. Matthews now lies open before me. And for a brief moment, I, fate, look ahead to a single instant of ultimate decision. Oh, Ed, I... I'm afraid. Well, don't be. Nothing can go wrong. Now, here's what we'll do. Tonight after the old man goes to bed, I'll sneak into his room, take care of him, and get the money. Then we'll hide it outside under that big rock by the spring house. You'll recognize you, Ed. No, Ida. He won't recognize me. He'll be dead. Yes, in the life of Edward Matthews, a grim and ruthless decision was made. A decision for evil. It was then that I, fate, again began to employ the trivial, seemingly unimportant things that determined the inevitable outcome. It is ever thus... Trifles? Yes. Remember how it all started, Edward? You and your wife had left Crane City and were driving over a lonely country road in a second-hand car you had bought with the last of your money. What's the same, Ed? I think selling the farm was a mistake. Why? Just because we had a little bad luck so far? No. With the farm, we had a home and a roof over our heads. Look, Ida. 
A farm spells work and more work and nothing more. And what about you in Crane City? You worked every day and most of every night, seeing people, talking business, worrying. That's another story. I made a mistake in Crane City. I trusted the wrong man, that's all. Well, I'm not crying for calico and a butter churn. I just think that farming's the thing you know best. Either when we get to St. Louis and I'm underway with Roberts and his friends, you'll see things differently. I thought you needed money before you could go into business with Mr. Roberts. I do. I need a decent stake, but that won't be hard to raise. Look, I'm no fool rider. I know a good thing. Ed, look out. That broken bottle. Ed, watch out! Oh, Yes, Edward. A broken bottle in your pack. It was a little thing. And now you were stopped on a country road with a flat tire. Who would be stupid enough to throw a broken bottle into a wagon, Russ? Oh, the world's full of stupid people. Ida, did you move the tools? I have the jack right here alongside the spare tire. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. In the confusion of packing, I... Must have taken it out and left it in the garage. Oh, you're constantly forgetting things. Darling, I do try to be careful. Oh, look, at a farmhouse. Maybe we can get help there. Well, it's our only hope. Well, what do you want now? Oh, I'm sorry, stranger. I thought you were someone else. Someone else? But not exactly a friend, though. Hardly. In no account named Luke Huggins. But my hired hand from yesterday had to run him off the place. Now, sir, what can I do for you? Well, I got a flat tire and I don't have a jack in my car. Well, I guess I can get you out all right. You're alone? No, my wife's with me. In the car. Well, touch her. You might as well be comfortable in here. You folks hungry? Well, yeah, now that you mention it. Guess it's been a good five hours since we had lunch. Look, we'll be glad to pay for anything. Never mind, lad. Can your wife cook? Certainly can. She was raised on a farm. Good. Get her. I'm alone here now, and I'm not much of a hand around the stove. I've got the food, and you've got the cook. We should get along all right. So you see, Mr. Blake, that was a quest I had to do with farming. And uh, you, Mrs. Mathis, uh, how do you feel about your husband leaving the land? I, I don't know, Mr. Blake. It's up to Ed. Well, I'll admit, he'll never be a millionaire tilling the land, even with tractors and the like. But uh, I don't know of many hungry farmers, either. You see, Ed, we may not get rich I'd, now, uh, but it's... Mr. Blake isn't interested in our personal problem. You're wrong, young man. I am interested. What do you mean? Well, you see, I need help. I need a man in the field, and Mrs. Matthews can take care of the house. And I can pay well. All right. All right. It's a deal. Yes, Edward. Because of little things... Broken bottle and the forgotten jack. You now had an opportunity to return to farming, the work you knew best. But an hour later, as you walked through the dimly lighted hall toward Cyrus Blake's room, you thought only of St. Louis, of Mr. Roberts, and the easy riches that awaited you, 
if you had the initial investment. You were about to knock on the half-open door when you saw something. Something that rooted you to your tracks. In the half-shadows of his room, Cyrus Blake was hiding a small metal box behind some loose bricks of the fireplace. Quickly, you retraced your steps in silence until you were yards from the bedroom. Then, you were approached again. Noise. Mr. Blake? Oh, it's you. Yes, sir. Thought I'd check with you about the morning chores. Uh, may I come in? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Oh, thank you, Mr. Blake. Uh, now, sir, about tomorrow... Um... You're pretty sly, aren't you? Sir? I... What do you mean, Mr. Blake? It... Coming in here this way? The first day on the job? Uh, oh, oh, I see what you mean. Uh, well, uh, polishing the apple a bit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, but I'll just choke you the end. I'm glad to see you're anxious to get going. Yes, sir. I am anxious to get going. Good morning. Hello. Morning, folks. My name's Tuttle. Oh, Mr. Tuttle, the sheriff. Mr. Blake mentioned that you'd be here early. Yes, he is, sir. Mr. Paul, can you? Yeah, we're approaching, too. Wow. Glad to know you, Mr. Tuttle. I'm Eddie Matthews, and that's my wife, Ida. Yeah. We've got to work for Mr. Blake. Yeah, glad to hear that. I'm sure you're going to work out better than that there. He comes. Uh, what was he like, sheriff? <laughs> Bad, mister. He's strong enough to do the work of three men. He's a bad Where is he now? Yeah, it's hard to say. Probably up the hill someplace. Well, do you think he's come back here to trouble for Mr. Blake? Huh? It's hard to say, ma'am. He's sorry to get something fierce for him. Well, uh, I'll keep my eyes open, Sheriff. Oh, is that the mail for Mr. Blake? Yeah, just some papers and magazines. Here you are. Thanks, sir. Yeah, <clears throat> See you folks tomorrow, I reckon. I'm glad you're going to be with us. Bye now. Bye, Sheriff. Yeah, I'm talking to that, that loose fellow. Don't worry, Ida. I don't think we'll be around here too long. What? I had only a minute ago you said things were all right, that we wouldn't be running off. And we won't be, Ida. Not for a while, anyway. Not before I can get my hands on Cyrus Blake's strong box. Edward Matthews, you have made your decision, decision for evil, and even as you chose, a plan set in motion. The end for you was certain. Soon there would be no turning back, and soon I would be able to record your final entry in the Diary of Fate. Edward, because of a broken bottle in your past, you stopped at the farm of Cyrus Blake, and now it was transformed into a place of golden opportunity, for you had caught sight of a black metal box, 
a box being hidden by old Cyrus behind the bricks of the fireplace in his bedroom. And you decided then and there to have that box and its contents. Even two days later, as Ida chattered about an invitation she had received, you could think of nothing else. Todd, Mrs. Walsh, you seem like very nice ladies. Don't you think so, Ed? Oh, oh, yes. They told me all about the church activities and made me promise to come and bring you to the social next week. Do you think we can go, Ed? Huh? Go, go where? To the church social in town next week. We've been invited. Listen, Ida, I don't want you to have anything to do with the people around here. But Ed, this is nice and friendly. Yeah, well, we don't need any friends here. I don't want anybody finding out too much about us. Well, what do you mean by that? Look. When you and the old man were out in the chicken yard this morning, I sneaked a look in that tin box of his. And just like I figured, it's full of money. Big bills. I'm going to get that money, Ida. Oh, Ed, please, we'd be caught, sure. No, we won't. I'll take care of that. What are you going to do? I don't know yet, but I'll figure it out. Something will happen and give us a chance. You'll see. We'll just keep waiting until the right time. chance you were waiting for came much sooner than you expected, Edward. The very next afternoon, you had gone to the little pasture at the far corner of the farm to check the fences. And there, half hidden under a stack of straw, you found something that sent the blood pounding through your veins. You ran back to the house and found Ida. Ida! Ida! Where's the old man? I don't know. I suppose he's taking his nap. Why? Good. Come on with me. I think I've got the answer to all our problems, Ida. And it's down there in that corner pasture. What did you find down here that's so important? You'll see. Now, wait till I move back this straw. It's Luke Huggins, that's who it is. Look, he was kicked by one of the horses, see? There's the print of the horseshoe, right in the head. Probably tried to steal one after the old man fired him, and that's what happened. But you you said it was the answer. Yes, it's the answer to our problems, and it is. We gotta hide Luke's body so it'll never be found. Hide it? Why, Ed? Why? Look, no one knows he's dead. They all think he's up in the mountains. We're gonna bury him in the ground under the straw pile. And we gotta do it before the old man wakes up. Now, come on. Wait, Ed, I... I still don't see what you mean. Ida, look. Nobody knows Luke is dead. But everybody knows he's a little off. Uh, you know, strong, hot-tempered. And he hated old Cyrus Blake. Now we... Hey, hey, who's that? Where? There. There in the car on the road. The sheriff, I forgot about him. Oh, he's going to stop at the house, Ed. Yeah, I know it, I know it. Look, you go up there and keep him occupied. I'll do this job alone. Just don't let him or the old man come down here till I'm finished, you hear? All right, Ed, I'll try, but hurry. Coffee, Sheriff? Thank you. Mighty fine pie, Sheriff. Mighty fine. Yeah, you're a lucky man to have a woman like Ida cooking for you. You're right. Don't have to worry about a thing now. So, Ida, what's Ed doing today? Oh, Ed? Why, uh, uh, I think he went out to six senses, Mr. Blake. There. See that? 
His own initiative. I didn't say a word about fences. Hazard, that Ed is an A-1 farmer. Yeah, that's fine. It's comforting to know your place is in good hands. Yep. I'm getting along in years now. Can't get around like I used to. <laughs> I'm sort of looking for a nice couple to take over this farm. Yeah, so, sir? Really mean that? Yeah, I sure do. And you can't tell, uh, I might have found it. Yeah. What do you think of that, Addy? Think of what? My Matthews. Did you look in that tent window? You didn't hear a word you said. What's <laughs> going on there anyway? See. Oh, that's nothing, Sheriff. Nothing. I... Ah, sure, that's it, huh? <laughs> yes, I guess us old goats just can't hold a lady's interest when she's got a man like that there, huh? Eh? He comes up the path now. <laughs> you, you'd better cut a big piece of that pie for him, Hardy. Eh? Hey, by the way, Sarge, see anything, Luke? No, hadn't been back. Uh-huh. Maybe he won't come back this uh-huh. time. Uh-huh. Be too sure. He's got a bad streak in him. Ah, hello there, Ed. Oh, hi, Sheriff. Hello, Mr. Blake. Hi there. Uh, here you've been fixing fences, Ed. Yeah, out in that corner pasture. Uh, saw something down there, too. Eh? Ed, you... I saw a man, big man, moving through the trees outside the fence. He sure seemed to be trying to keep out of sight, but I I caught him looking me over. Uh-huh. Sarge, sounds just like Luke. You be careful. He's mad there's no telling what he might do. Yes, Edward. It was working out even better than you had hoped. Your story of seeing a man lurking in the trees convinced Sheriff Tuttle beyond doubt that Luke had come back. Now you were ready. After the sheriff left, old Mr. Blake went to the barn, leaving you and Ida alone in the house. That was your chance. You spoke swiftly, urgently, as you outlined your plan. Now you listen to me, Ida. The sheriff is positive now that Luke is back. Anything that happens will be blamed on him. Luke is dead, huh? Yes, yes, but only you and I know that. Don't you see what a perfect alibi it is? Ed, I... I'm afraid. Well, don't be. Nothing can go wrong. Now, here's what we'll do. Tonight, after the old man goes to bed, I'll sneak into his room, take care of him, and get the money. Then we'll hide it outside under the big rock by that spring house. He'll recognize you, Ed. No, Ida. He won't recognize me. He'll be dead. Dead? Dead? You gonna kill him? Oh, no, Ed. Oh, no. It's the only sure way. He'll be dead in a year or two anyway. Murder, Ed. Listen to me. Listen to me now. Come here to the front room. Here. Now, this closet's got a heavy oak door. You wouldn't have a chance of breaking it down, now, would you? No, of course not. And look inside here. See this little hole in the wall? Well, a key will fit just right in there. Now, get this. After we've hidden the money, you tie me up in that chair real tight so I can't even move. And you lock yourself in this closet and drop the key down inside the wall through that hole. You get it? You see, when Sheriff Tuttle comes by tomorrow, he finds the old man dead, the money gone, and us helpless. And we blame the whole thing on Luke. Yes, Edward, it seemed perfect. In a few hours, the box of money would be yours. After dinner, Mr. Blake retired and soon fell asleep. But there was no sleep for you, Edward Matthews. No, you had work to do. 
And now, at last, the time had come. He picked up the heavy iron stove poker and went to his room. Someone there? Uh, who's there? Ed! No! Help! In that instant, Edward, you committed murder. You dropped the poker and went at once to the hiding place of the money. You ripped away the bricks, tore open the box, and gathered up the bundles of bills. Then you hurried out to the spring house. In a matter of moments, the money was safely hidden under the big rock, and you were back. Ida, come on. we got to move quickly now. Get hold of yourself. You're trembling. I'm all right, Ed. Come on, then. Now put down that cigarette and tie me up. Here's the cord. That's enough, I'll, I'll tie my own legs. You better get some more for my hands. Yeah, this big chair's perfect. Heavy and easy to tie to. That's one leg. Come on, Ida. Come on. Start tying the cord to the back of the chair. Now hurry up. Right, I'm hurrying. Tie it now so it can't slip. Yes. Everything depends on it. If it looks like I could work loose, we'll, we'll be in real trouble. I'll be careful. Now, here. Here are my hands. Keep the cord around my wrist. Tighter, Ida, tighter. Yeah. This has got to look authentic. That's it. Now tie it and pull the knots hard. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Now that's it, Ed. You better get loose by yourself. Oh, good girl. Now get into that closet and lock the door. And you know what to do with the key. Ida. Ida. Are you all set? Ida. Yes, sir. Oh, it's fine. Well, now we got nothing to do but wait. Tomorrow we'll be rich, Ida. Very rich. Yes, Edward, you and Ida had nothing to do but wait. And your alibi for murder was flawless. But you who listen, lest you think fate unjust, a conspirator in evil, mark well the final entry. For in a few moments, I, fate, will write for the last time in the record of Edward Matthews. When I have written, I will read from The Diary of Fate. Sequential happenings. Little things. Yes, Edward. 
A broken bottle led you to murder and riches. And now you sit quietly in a chair, completely confident that nothing can happen to disrupt your plan. For your alibi is perfect. Luke Huggins, a man already dead, will be blamed for your crime. All you have to do is wait. And then, suddenly, panic grips you, Edward. For the first time you see it, another little thing. What was that? Something fell off the table. It... it... No. Ida! Yes? Ed, what's the matter? Ida, the key. Can you get it back? Can you get it out? No, I can't. The key's way down inside the wall. What's the matter? Your cigarette. Ida, you left it burning. It fell off the table. Cigarette? No, Ed, where is it? Can you see it? Yes, it's on the old man's sweater. The one he left on his chair. It's burning. Ida, it's smoking. Can't you do something? Can't you get to it? No, I can't even move. These cords in the chair are so heavy, Ida. It's spreading. No. I can smell it. I can't. I can't move, Ida. It's on the curtains now. They're burning. Flames, they're blazing. Get me out. Somebody stay here. I'd be so tired. I can't move. Yes, Edward. The essential in your evil scheme was that both you and your wife were helpless. That was to have been your alibi. And instead... It was your death trap. And now it is time to close the book. Another entry has been duly noted on the pages of eternity. And again, justice has been served. In the case of Edward Matthews, as in the cases of all mortals, I, fate, am but the instrument of a plan. And the little things in life are the tools with which I work. A broken bottle lying in the road brought a man to murder. A smoldering cigarette brought him death. Ponder well the moral, you who listen, and remember, there is a page for you in... The Diary of Fate. The cast included Herbert Lytton, Virginia Gregg, Horace Murphy, Ray Erlenborn, Ivan Dittmars, and Hal Sawyer. Diary of Fate is a Larry Finley transcription, brought to you from Hollywood.
Until next time. Oh!